Welcome to The Neighborhood, a Mr. Rogers Tribute Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Lee James of Voices in My Head Productions, and I run the Mr. Rogers Quotes account found on Twitter at Mr. Rogers Say. As we again walk into this podcast neighborhood, I want you to know that no matter where you are from, you are welcome here. I'm glad to be your neighbor. Every daughter, every son, every tribe, and every tongue in the spirit of Fred Rogers and the life of welcome that he lived, welcome to the neighborhood. Paul Day has spent over 20 years developing a highly personal approach to figurative sculpture with a particular interest in representing the figure in architectural space using high relief, an art form that combines drawn composition and fully rounded sculpture. In 2019, Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida commissioned Paul to create a commemorative sculpture of Fred Rogers for the campus. Mr. Rogers was their most famous alumnus and very well known in the United States for having created and animated the famous Mr. Rogers. On October 28, 2021, the 360-degree sculpture titled A Beautiful Day for a Neighbor was unveiled. The bronze cast piece stands over seven feet tall and weighs more than 3,000 pounds. It depicts Rogers surrounded by children, hand puppets from his show, lyrics from the series theme song, and the show's neighborhood trolley. Paul Day has stopped by our podcast neighborhood for a visit to talk about his latest work, and I'm so glad that he has. Paul Day, welcome to the neighborhood. Oh, that's very kind of you to invite me, Rick. And uh, I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to meet you too. And thank you for showing such a great interest in in this sculpture. Obviously, and I'm not responsible for that. It's Mr. Rogers who is the real center <laughs> of this world. But it's Certainly. great to be here. Certainly. Well, Paul, it's not an exaggeration to say that your sculpture almost looks as if it is alive. When you look at it, the I and I'm I'm wondering about just if you can tell us about the process of the creation of such a beautiful piece. And I, I'd love to just hear whatever you can tell us because first of all, it came as such a surprise to me. I didn't know it was even in the works until it was unveiled. And then of course it it made these wonderful news stories uh, all across the country, maybe even across the world, I I assume. But then when we got to see the pictures, I remember sitting down with my wife and just going through the website and showing her pictures. And um, I had seen them first, but then my wife just gasping and being like, it's so beautiful and it looks so much like him. And it just it just looks so real and the children and the characters. So. I'm here to hear whatever you would like to tell us today about the process of of making something like this. I am not one that has that kind of um, that kind of creativity for for this particular kind of artwork in me. So I'm fascinated at what you do. Thank you. That's very kind. Well, I mean, perhaps what your listeners should be aware of to begin with is that I'd never heard of Mr. Rogers. Okay. Until 
I was invited to do this commission. I had not the faintest idea who the gentleman was. Wow. He could have been president of the go local golf club. He could have <laughs> been a judge. He could have been a businessman. So that was, I consider, to be an advantage for me because I didn't grow up with him. I discovered him all of a sudden, by accident almost, and within a few weeks of watching past episodes of The Neighbourhood, of watching his commencement speeches at universities, um, I started to, my eyes were, 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 were opened wide dramatically as an adult to this man who spoke so eloquently and brilliantly, both to children and parents. He, he just drew out of me um, the child within. Mm. You know, as an artist, I consider that really what I'm doing is child's play. I wanted to, I, I loved painting and drawing when I was a kid. And that love and that, um, that wonder at the world, I think is something that artists, well, certainly from my own experience, try to foster and maintain alive, despite the fact that the world beats us up, knocks holes in us, um, renders us cynical and, and troubled adults. The child in us is still a voice that we should be in constant contact with to remember one could say the age of innocence, the age of wonder, and the age of simple um, uh, delight in being alive. The next thing I would say about my discovery of Mr. Rogers that made it very personal was my wife and I had the opportunity and great privilege to go to La Trobe uh, um, and meet with Mrs. Rogers, Joanne Rogers, and Bill Isler, who had been working with Fred for decades on the program. That encounter was um, a most delightful um, afternoon, and Joanne um, made Catherine and I feel so at ease. Mm. We hit it off instantly, and um, suddenly the project went from being uh, a commemorative statue of somebody who is well known in America to a commemorative statue of this lovely lady's late husband. It made it extremely personal and touching for me to meet her. So I went off with the experience of this meeting and with obviously the very grateful to the internet for allowing me to go back into the back catalogue of the neighborhood programs. And mm -hmm. I did spend three months both reading, watching, and thinking about how to approach Mr. Rogers. Also, I was aware that there were two other sculptures of him, one at the Trobe, one in, one in Pittsburgh, both of which show him alone. From what I'd learned of the man, I felt that he the last thing he would have wanted would be to be stuck on a plinth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on, and, and so it became quickly obvious to me that the story of Mr. Rogers was what I wanted my sculpture to address, and that his love and passion for children and childhood and humanity generally somehow needed, I think, to come across through the work. I wanted the work to be able to educate future generations as to who he was and what he did, but I wanted, above all, to capture the spirit of the man in his work and in his passion, in his vocation. Mm. So um, I started to make sketches in clay, three-dimensional sketches, firstly with Fred 
as with uh, with a puppet on the end of his arm because of course that was so important to the communication through the mm -hmm. program uh, and I, I started with one child and then I added two and I was looking for a composition that I thought would be both um, elegant and poignant in the message um, and as as my workings developed um, and I started to look at more iconography, more photographic images of, of Fred. I found some beautiful photographs in series that showed him in children's hospitals with um, disabled children and uh, surrounded by young people with a, such an incredible delight on their faces. And I found those images so inspiring that they gradually led me to increase the number of children until I had a sort of crowd of children around him. Now, uh, um, I submitted these uh, little models to the, to the university president and the committee that had been established to, to work on this with me. And, um, you know, they had their thoughts and, and opinions because originally they had just thought of a statue of Mr. Rogers, you know, mm -hmm. the man on a plinth alone. And when I started to talk to them about telling a big, a bigger story, um, obviously that had cost implications that the university also had to sort of think about. Could they afford to pay for a much more ambitious sculpture? Um, what did that mean? You know, where would they put it? But anyway, I came over to Florida with my, um, with my wife for a week and, um, talked them through my ideas, talked them through my thinking, because in my sculpture, I've put at the back the sculpture the castle the, the castle of make-believe with all the puppets because i felt that those characters were very iconic and they would bring back a strong sense of nostalgia mm -hmm. to the parents and grandparents who come and see the sculpture i wanted there to be a a strong personal collection con connection to the television program as well as the man himself so um i explained my ideas to a group of potential donors to the to the some of the university faculty staff and basically they just loved it they thought it was a brilliant thing to tell the story i explained that two statues of fred already existed you know they showed him on his own and this was an opportunity to make something different to that um that could also speak to future generations and to to you know to show them what he did mm -hmm. so then having given having gained the approval for my design it took me 10 months working in the studio pretty much seven days a week and very very long days i was working mm -hmm. until midnight one in the morning two in the morning pretty much every day because when you're working on a clay of that size and you described earlier it's about you know seven and a half feet tall seven and a half feet wide seven and a half feet deep there were th i was working with about five tons of clay on a on a steel armature that I built, and and it's just a physical long grueling job, demanding mm. job to do. Um, so I spent ten months, as I say, uh, making the clay model. And um, once once that had been um, finished, then there's another seven months of work uh, in the foundry to to, to cast the bronze. Now the, the the children just getting to the children for for, for yeah. a moment. Children in art are notoriously difficult at times, especially in sculpture. And um, the last thing I wanted really was these children to be looking as if they were like adoring cherubs 
from some painting from the Italian Renaissance or from the 19th century. Because in my little experience with young children is that they, they generally don't behave like cherubs. Right. They're much more like miniature versions of grown-ups. You know, they, they, they have that wonderful sense of um, uh, openness mm -hmm. and they, they're generally sort of um, unself-conscious in their behavior. And so they might pick their nose or, <laughs> or, or, or do, you know, or pull the hair of their neighbor. They just don't behave like model children. They mm -hmm. are, as Fred so brilliantly uh, understood, they are fully fledged, fully formed personalities, albeit child personalities, but full of emotion, full of, full of, um, uh, feeling. And of course, they react to things very instinctively, but also they interact together. And so as I was composing my picture, I really, really worked hard to try and make sure that these children did not look like idealized versions of children, but they look more like real children. That yeah. was, that was what I wanted. I wanted them to engage with Mr. Rogers, not just in a sort of fake, sentimental adoration but i wanted them to engage as if they were really there as if they you know so they were aware of themselves they were aware of the outside world and they were aware of the, the, the puppet and mr rogers himself and i've tried to create these relationships going on in the sculpture that look as if they are plausibly real so there's one little boy who's not even looking at the puppet or Mr. Rogers or his friends. He's looking out of the sculpture, possibly to his mum and dad, thinking, help, I don't like this man, or <laughs> you know, or whatever, whatever he may be thinking. But it actually it actually that little boy looking out of the sculpture at the viewer mm -hmm. somehow makes a connection to the outside world that then allows the spectator into this very intimate personal scene. Sure. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And, and I noticed that and I have the, the pictures up on my screen while we're talking right now. And he was one of them that I noticed. And I thought he's he's that kid that's always in in those groups when you have story time or something. And he's kind of looking, looking around. Yeah, wondering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> having, yes. uh, having been that I worked in a library once upon a time and we would do story time, uh, you know, and, and there was always a variety of children. And that was one thing I noted from your sculpture. I, and I'm glad you mentioned it because the children do remind you of actual children in a real setting. Um, and, and there's one, uh, one little girl that just has a beautiful look on her face. Um, but like, she really is entranced in whatever story is being told. And, um, maybe she's in, um, in the the make-believe place with Mr. Rogers or wherever it is, but you really do a great job of, of not just capturing Fred, but uh, all of the characters. And I see Lady Elaine in there in the trolley. And it seems like every time I look at it, I, I see something else that I didn't see the first time. Um, so one day well, I hope to actually see it in person because I know there's even more I'm not seeing, but. I'm glad you said that because, um... I've always, I've done a lot of pieces of public art in big cities like London and so on. And, um, I, I generally use my art to, to try and tell stories, to create narratives that people can return to on a daily basis, or at least when they're passing by on their way to work, they might see something 
they might notice something that they hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a proliferation of detail, um, but I want my work to create conversations between people. Mm. So um, if the piece has enough interest in it, then when, say, a couple of friends go and see it, then they might disagree about their interpretation of the sculpture and then have mm -hmm. a conversation about it. Yeah. And um, that's my goal in a way for my public art. It's that this art is, op is open and accessible to members of the public who don't necessarily visit museums or art galleries, who don't necessarily have a particular interest in art. Those are the people whose attention I want to capture and to open their minds and their hearts to the pleasure of communing as it were of conversing with a piece of public sculpture it sculpture doesn't have to be boring or aloof or um intellectually can you know mystifying um with a lot of contemporary art is very mystifying to a lot mm -hmm. of people who don't understand it and i don't understand it myself I mean, <laughs> uh, you know i think that um i hope at least that this sort of sculpture will appeal to the emotions and the senses mm -hmm. and when people are drawn in to something emotionally and they spend a bit of time with it then they might also start to ask those questions as to well what does it mean or why is it here or mm -hmm. why do i why am i drawn to it you know so then sure. there's a sort of a more intellectual side that can come afterwards but firstly you've just got to seduce people to spend a minute of their time thinking oh wow that's lovely <laughs> well, and you have certainly done that. And and I should say to our listeners, just so they can know where to see this, um, pauldaysculpture.com. And I will make sure to put a link in our show notes of our podcast, too, so that they can easily go to your website and be able to see uh, not only this beautiful work, but also your, your other works, because there's a lot to see that you have made um, that I think they would really enjoy seeing. But maybe while we're having our conversation, today and someone's listening to the podcast they might just want to click over and, and have a look at, at what we're talking about right now too so uh, pauldaysculpture.com is if you're listening and wondering where they can find it yes right may um, i make a plug also for my oh, please please my instagram um has some has some quite a lot of photographs some of which are not on the website especially of mr rogers so if anyone wants to like or follow on instagram they'll see um you know more regular sort of updates certainly and if they just go to like at paul day sculpture is that your instagram account it's um, it's paul day sculpture yeah paul, paul day, day sculpture. sculpture got it all right because i i follow you there too but i couldn't i should have looked up the handle before we started so i could say it live while we're talking but, Not at all. Uh, <laughs> very good well i wanted to actually read a quote that from Fred Rogers that you maybe have heard before, but it reminded me of you. And especially as, while you're talking today about your process of, of creating this and, and even the way you talk about doing art, um, it reminds me of you. So, and, and maybe you can just respond to it and, and see if it reminds you of the way that you create. Uh, Fred Rogers said this, he said, the thing I remember best about successful people uh, I've met all through the years is their obvious delight in what they're doing, and it seems to have very little to do with their worldly success. They just love what they're doing, and they love it in front of others. And um, 
he actually used that quote a number of times about they love what they're doing and they love it in front of others. And one of his mentors would actually bring in um, when she was working with children, she would bring in a sculptor sometime or someone that would work with clay and sit in front of children. And she would say to the, the artist, say, I don't want you to, to teach the children today. I just want you to do your work in front of them and just love what you're doing in front of them. Mm -hmm. And that will teach them, <laughs> you know, as they're doing it. Yes. And um, so as, as you were talking, and as I think of that quote, that reminds me a lot of kind of how you're talking about this, this idea of wonder and, and creating. Um, would you say that's a bit how you approach art of just kind of loving what you're doing and, and loving it in front of others? I wouldn't say that at all. I would say that is exactly how okay. I wrote art. Not a bit. That is, that is the, the bedrock for me of, of my life. Um, I have never, ever um, courted or looked for a sort of worldly recognition or any form of worldly success. The only thing that's driven me is um, is a delight in 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 art and in life, um, a a sense of gratitude for a gift of you know a certain gift of, in the ability to to make things with my hands, um, and um, a sense of humility because because I'm often asked to um, commemorate or to celebrate people who have done truly great things. Um, people who have perhaps sacrificed their their lives for others or put themselves in harm's way for others. I mean, I worked on um, recently in England a monument to the soldiers and civilian people who had gone to Iraq and Afghanistan to um, to do their jobs, and uh, you know, irrespective of the political rights and wrongs of the decision that put them there, these people went very willingly putting themselves in harm's way to help other people basically and uh, and so when i was unveiling that monument and um speaking with parents who'd lost their children and so on um or even you know young soldiers who'd lost their limbs um i was deeply humbled by their thanking me for making a, a monument that they that they recognized as true to their you know their their experience um, but but my art um, is simply you know, it's simply my my job. Um, what makes it passionately interesting for me is when I'm uh, you know putting my work at, in the service of some other cause which is greater than myself, mm. and um, that's where I get my delight. Um, not from I mean being being able to live as an artist does require. An ability to sell something you know i've got to put food on the table i've got to be able to pay the electricity bill i've got to be able to buy my materials and 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 i've had opportunities come my way i've won competitions you know so i've beaten other candidates for important commissions not with a sense of sort of ego trying to you know i, I that's that, that's a, I, I i concur entirely with the spirit of the sentence that you just quoted from mm -hmm. mr rogers 
Very good. Well, I, I thought you might, and that's what probably why it reminded me so much of you when, <laughs> when I was reading it again today, for sure. Well, just a couple of more questions here today, and and one maybe you'll have to think about a little more than than the other one. Um, one of them, though, I was just wondering if there was anything that, and you already said you didn't know who Mr. Rogers was before you started this experience, just probably because of the part of the world that you live in, and um, they didn't have probably PBS and things like we have over yeah. here uh, in the States. Um, but I wonder if because of this experience and because of the, the time that you spent um, probably immersing yourself in Fred Rogers and and not only his show, but I, I assume maybe you probably read some things uh, that maybe he wrote and things about his life. Was there anything in particular that to you, you kind of found that really stuck with you and and you thought, wow, I'm I'm really grateful for this experience um, and I'm glad that I know about this man and, and just something that really has has become a part of your life because of it. I'm not sure I can, I, in this conversation, I'm not sure I can put my finger on one specific thing because I think that what I experienced and learned from researching Mr. Rogers is, is, a, is like a universal sort of sense that um, the wisdom the goodness, the kindness, the neighborliness, the the true values of Mr. Rogers are definitely my ideals. And I share uh, both his, you know, um, I do share, you know, a sense of the Christian faith. I share, um, I feel that in a sense, he encapsulates those things that, that, I would like to strive to be. Mm -hmm. um, I do feel that hearing his voice, as it were, call call back the child in me, mm -hmm. the little boy Paul, who who made um, paintings and his mother was so encouraging and you know loved to see her little boy you know succeed in in art in some way. The fact that I can go back to that, revisit that little boy, thanks to Fred, and reconnect because ultimately, um, you know, we accumulate so many layers of of hardness and so many layers of of, of bitter experience. But I do feel that the that the, the, there remains within us this nugget of gold mm -hmm. that Fred speaks to so beautifully and so purely he cuts through the, the the worldly values that pollute us that poison our you know our, our, our minds at times and i just feel that that fred is now part of my my consciousness and will remain part of my consciousness and it's up to me to 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 maintain that relationship in a sense um, in the same way, it's up to me to maintain, to a certain extent, that relationship with God, you know. Yeah. Um, but Fred somehow is a lovely bridge mm. um, to, 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 to childhood. Um, but also, you see, in the world's become implacable, judgmental, heavy-handed, um, 
uh, lacking in forgiveness, lacking in, in good manners. And Fred, Fred is just the, a shining example of somebody who, whose judgment was reserved for himself and to his own flaws. Mm. And obviously for what is right and what is wrong, but not for, not to judge other people. What he did was understand other people and extend the hand of friendship and love to them. Mm. You know, he understood their failings as well as, you know, better than anybody, I'm sure. But, but that, but, but all, you know, love for the other person and the desire to, to bring them out of themselves to a better place, I think is, is extraordinary. Um, his, his voice is, is universal and, I, I'm definitely going to um, continue regularly listening to him. Very good. I, I think that's a great response. And I didn't give you much time to think about it, but it still seems like that was a, a well-thought-out answer for sure. So thank you for sharing those thoughts uh, with us today. I think my my closing question to you before we, we end our conversation together today, um, as a father myself, uh, I have a, an eight-year-old who has a lot of interest right now in drawing, and he likes to get clay out, and he likes to make little, um, whether it be um, the game tokens are not enough that come with the game. So he wants to make his own little figures. So he'll grab clay and things like that. So today I'm just thinking about the young artists who might be listening out there today and uh, mm. who might have a little, um, you know, might be listening and wondering for some encouragement today. What would you say to anybody listening, uh, especially who might be children and just would say, as an artist yourself who has really worked and cultivated your craft, um, what would you say to anyone who might be aspiring to be an artist one day? Firstly, I think it's an absolutely amazing profession that I can still get up every day and surprise myself with the playful exploration of drawing painting sculpting so it's a joyful activity and and i think it's good at helping keep keep you young now for young people obviously they've got no concept of age in a sense everything is new but firstly you don't have to go and do some grown up repetitive job if you're, if you love your art, if you enjoy making things, it really can be your life. Mm. And you can, you can tell all the stories you want to tell through your art. You can create characters and worlds. You can, you can share your imagination with everybody else. And, and they will surely delight in the things you make. And um, a lot of people, a lot of young people, including myself, will have members of the family or friends who will discourage anybody from considering art as a potential career because it's not serious, because it's very difficult to make a living as an artist. And, and you can be discouraged by the world around you because people, teachers and so on, don't don't really know the art world and they think well you have to go to work in a factory or an office or study law or something to be serious well actually you don't because storytelling obviously is one of the 
most important things that we can do. You know, mm. television programs and cinema and all the rest of it to show that. Um, and so I would just want to say to people um, to follow their dreams, actually, which is a bit of a cliche, uh, <laughs> but to not to not to be discouraged um, if they if they love it and have fun doing it. All right. I think that's a pretty good answer for us today. <laughs> well, Paul, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, your your artwork is beautiful. I do want to uh, say once again to everybody who is listening today, uh, both check out the Instagram account for Paul Day Sculpture and also his website at pauldaysculpture.com. And you will find uh, so many wonderful places where you can see uh, Paul's artwork there. Um, and, and it's a rare thing for me, by the way, to, to be able to just pick up Instagram and be moved by artwork the way I was when I was going through um, on your Instagram account, when I think that's where I first actually encountered um, your artwork. And uh, it really is beautiful and, and worth uh, sitting down and taking time with. It's almost not exactly like being at a gallery, but to, to be able to see something uh, of that quality on your phone, uh, it, it's a pretty remarkable thing these days for sure. So I want to thank you for your good work. And uh, on behalf of, I'm sure, everybody listening, we're very proud of you and all that you have put in. And I, I can't even imagine the number of hours it takes not only to make a sculpture like this, but even the hours of training and the, the hours of uh, becoming the craftsman that you are and the artist that you are. So thank you for all that you do and all that you will continue to do in the future. We're very proud of that and proud of you. I'm so. touched by those words. Thank you. <laughs> well, I will quickly read an outro for my audience here, but if you can hang on for one moment, Paul, I'll do a, a proper goodbye in just a moment. Thank you so much for joining us here this week in the neighborhood. Music featured on the podcast this week was Stay by Me, Rick Lee James. And I do want to say special thanks again to my guest, Paul Day. I also want to thank the at Mr. Rogers Say community on Twitter and Instagram. I am, as always, your host, Rick Lee James. My personal Twitter account is at Rick Lee James, and my website is rickleejames.com. My other podcast is Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast, and I look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, remember, you make each day a special day. You know how? By just your being you. There's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.